us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's cue Rose. Thanks, Rose, for this morning. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys today about Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you, the God who heals me, because that's his very nature to be our healer. Now, this morning, before we jump into anything I might have prepared to say, what I'd really love for us to do is just take a moment and let's invite the healer in to where we are into the room and the space where you might be watching from today, or if you're watching this later in the week, wherever you are right now, let's just stop for a moment and invite Jesus, the healer, into the room. Because when we do, when we focus on that aspect of who he is and we look at his nature in that way, we get to know that part of him intimately. So this morning, I want us to turn our focus towards him as healer so that we can get intimately acquainted with him. Just for a moment, let's pray together. Jesus, this morning, I thank you that you would reveal yourself to us as healer, as the one who heals and makes us whole body, soul, and spirit. We turn our focus towards you today. Help us to know you intimately, God, as our healer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And we're actually talking about healing as our inheritance for today and for future generations. Now, we've spent the last few weeks diving into God's nature as healer, how he comes to make us whole. He has an answer for us in our body, our soul and our spirit for complete and divine wholeness and healing. Healing is part of God's redemptive plan. Now that not, might not be a word you often hear or understand, but redemption means to buy back, to ransom, to take the place of. We were, we were humanity, we, the collective, we were on a path of destruction away from God caused by sin. But God's plan was to buy us back, to ransom us, to take the punishment for us so that we could have the divine wholeness he has planned for us. Pastor Matt shared so wonderfully over the last couple of weeks of how we are new creations when we are in Christ. That means God makes us new and restores our whole being when we come to Jesus. He talked about how some of this is instant, how sometimes, you know, well, actually all the time, not sometimes, but when we come to Jesus, when we have that point of saying, I recognize you as my Lord and Savior. That moment of salvation, there is an instant transformation that happens within our spirit. We go from darkness to light. We go from sin to being righteous because he transfers that to us by the blood of Jesus. We sung about that this morning. That's our testimony. Also, some of the transformation that might occur in our lives, whether it be in our soul or healing in our bodies, can also be instant in that moment of salvation. But sometimes there is a process. Sometimes some of the things that we walk through happen because God has a plan within the process for us to grow and to heal. That does not make it any less a miracle. What it means is that God has a different plan as he works the miracle in that moment. But what I think we have ultimately learned over these last few weeks is this, is that his ways are not always our ways, but we can have absolute confidence in this one thing. We can have confidence in his will this morning. God's will is this. It is to heal and make us whole. 
His name is healing, Jehovah Rapha. And his name is to heal you and me today through the inheritance God has given us in Jesus. Very simple. His will is to heal and make us whole. And we can have complete confidence in that. Now, the thing about inheritance is that you can be born into it or it can be something that you receive after someone has died. Now, when it comes to God, both of them actually apply here. Because Jesus died, we receive an inheritance that God planned for us to have. And because Jesus rose again, we get like this double inheritance. Some of it we're going to enjoy here while we're on earth. And some of it we actually get the fullness of one day when we get to heaven. We're going to actually have a look at this in the Bible in just a minute. But our inheritance also comes through birth. It comes through new birth. It comes through being born again through Christ. We have an inheritance when we become in Christ, when we're adopted into the family of God because we accept the invitation. He extends to us to be part of his family. Now, the other thing about inheritance, whether it's gained through birth or death, is that unless you use it, unless you claim it, it's absolutely useless to you. So if I'm born into a family of perhaps opportunity or prominence or my name carries some sort of weight, but I don't throw it around or use it, not saying abuse it, but if I don't say or take the opportunities that that family affords me, it's no use to me having that name. Or if somebody has died and left something for me in their will and I leave it sitting in the bank account or up in an attic somewhere, it's of no benefit to me because I don't take it and use it. It's much the same with the inheritance we have in Christ. God gives it to us, but if we do not receive and apply it, it has no power in our lives. Now, how do we discover the inheritance God has given us in Jesus? It is no different to how we discover any inheritance we might have on earth. It is inside his will. His will for the life of Jesus and his will for us. This is the place where we discover God's will today. Cover to cover, we uncover what God says about the life of Jesus and who he is and what the will of God is for Jesus. And within that, we find God's will for us today. And that's what we are going to be exploring. So if you have a Bible with you, why don't you open it up to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. If not, there's one we've prepared for you earlier that's going to pop up on your screen. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians in around 60 AD, and he wrote to Gentile believers, people like me and you today, people who weren't born as Jews, but they came to faith in Jesus afterwards. And he wanted to encourage them in their believing and help them to understand what Christ had done for them. So we're going to pick it up in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to be totally vintage and read it out of the paper Bible. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Right there, that's just reason enough to stop and celebrate. How good is God that he's blessed us with everything inside of heaven? Heavenly places is heaven and spiritual blessing is everything that is contained up there in heaven. God has blessed us with that in Christ. 
in verse 5, In love he predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Christ, according to the purpose of his will. I want you to pay attention to how many times we talk about his will in this passage this morning. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. God loves you and me so much. He predestined that we would be hanging out with him for eternity. I love that. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. And it is worth stopping to say right there that his grace does not run out. So there's nothing you could ever do that could disqualify you from his grace. It is so rich, so rich. He lavishes it upon us in all wisdom and mystery, making known to us the mystery of what? Of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth we're going to come back to that in just a moment but God's plan for the fullness of time is to unite all things in Jesus in him we have obtained an inheritance Oh, there we go. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of what? What I feel like? No. According to the counsel of what? What the world might tell me? No. According to the counsel of his will. God has an enormous will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now that is a big chunk of Bible to read and you could be reading that going, Holy, what did she just read? That was a lot. But don't worry, we're going to break that down. What is Paul telling us here? Paul is telling us that God has a purpose and a will, which is super handy because we're talking about inheritance. So we need to know what's inside the will to be able to get the inheritance from it. God has a well-planned and thought-out will for what he wanted Christ to accomplish. The, the passage we just read says that he had a purpose inside Christ. And this leads to us knowing God's will for us. Verse 5 said, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. God sat back before the world was even there and said, I want them. I want all of them. And I'm going to have them through Christ. I choose them through Christ. That is my will. Now, the other thing Paul helps us understand is that God's will seemed a mystery, but it is made known to us in all wisdom and insight through Christ. Verse 9 said, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. What we can see from this is very simple. Knowing Jesus and being in Christ is the key to understanding the mystery of his will. When we are in Christ, we are in the family of God. And that is how you gain access to your inheritance through his will. And that leads to the really big question. Well, what is his will? I heard all of you at home going, well, tell me already. Paul writes very clearly in verse 10. God's will is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This means that heaven will come to earth. In fact, heaven has already visited earth. 
Jesus has already come to earth once. But God has a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things. And that's the evidence of our inheritance this morning. So it's most important for us to know what heaven looks like so that we can recognize it when it comes to earth. What does heaven looks like? Well, I'm going to be so bold this morning as to make this statement. Heaven looks like Jesus. If Jesus is the place where all things in heaven and earth unite, then I would say Jesus is an accurate reflection of what it looks like for heaven and earth to meet. See, it's really important for us to note right now that while Jesus walked the earth many, many times, it is recorded that he said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I see my father saying. I only do what my father wills for me to do. So when we look at who Jesus is and, and what Jesus did and what he looked like, what we have to understand is that Jesus embodied the will of the Father. Everything Jesus did was to the will of the Father. That is why we can look at him and know what heaven embodies because heaven is the place where God abides. Everything about God lives there. So everything that Jesus brought with him to earth is the will of God, is inside heaven. So what did Jesus look like? Not his physicality, but what did it look like to look and see Jesus? Well, if you look about the Gospels and you look at the life of Jesus, these are some, not all, but some of the things we see about who Jesus was. He was a miracle worker. He was a friend. He was a speaker of truth. He was a healer. Everywhere he went, he healed. He was the person of peace. He didn't just give it. He brought it into situations where he was. He came with authority, power, love. He was the giver of amazing counsel and insight. He was a son. He was a bringer of freedom. He was a forgiver of sin because he embodied righteousness and holiness. He knew no sin, so he could forgive sin. And he was a restorer. If we know all those things about Jesus to be true, we can kind of cross-reference that this morning with what we know about heaven. Now, this book tells us a lot about heaven. And particularly in the book of Revelation, there are some things that we can understand about what heaven will look like. Now, we won't understand it all until we get there one day. But this is what we do know about heaven. It is a place with no suffering, no pain, no mourning, it is a place of righteousness and holiness. It is a place of complete joy and worship to God, a place of complete peace. It is a place of beauty and riches, a place of healing for people and for all nations. That's just a little bit of what we know about heaven. Now, if Jesus is the embodiment of heaven, can't we see how that matches up? There's no suffering and mourning and pain inside heaven because Jesus embodies healing and wholeness. There's no sin in heaven because Jesus embodies righteousness and holiness. That is how we know that everything is already united in him. And when we see the evidence of that in our lives, we know we are receiving of the inheritance God has given us through Jesus. So this is what we know. I'm going to kind of try and sum up this kind of scripture in, in, a, in a couple of sentences for you. In Christ, this is what we see. We see heaven and earth unite. We see the will of God revealed to us by the Father. And we have access to every spiritual blessing available in heaven. 
I'm going to read that for you one more time. To sum this up, in Christ we see heaven and earth unite. The will of God revealed for us. And we have access to every spiritual blessing available in heaven. So this is our now inheritance, his will for us. His will for us is healing. Healing is our now inheritance. Wholeness is our now inheritance. Peace is our now inheritance. Forgiveness of sin and redemption are our now inheritance. Healing is a spiritual blessing in the heavenly places that is the will of God available to us now as an inheritance. It is a byproduct of heaven and earth uniting in Jesus. And we receive it when we are in Christ. And because we're talking about a double inheritance this morning, I've got some more good news. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians told us, we have obtained an inheritance and we also have a guarantee of that inheritance. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it when we get to heaven. That's how we know there's a little now and a whole lot more later. Now, Peter was another guy who wrote about inheritance and he was one of Jesus' best friends. In his, bo in his book, Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, chapter 4, that we have an inheritance that is imp imperishable, undefiled and unfading, and it is kept in heaven for us. Now, when I kind of look at these two verses together, what I kind of see is God covering all bases. And, that's, and we get that in the guarantee of the Holy Spirit who's with us. What God is doing is he's understanding. And I think Paul is, well, God knows and Paul's understanding that sometimes we don't see the fullness of every spiritual blessing earthside. And that's just the reality of sometimes living in a world that's yet to be fully redeemed. But that makes it no less that we have an inheritance. And so God sends us a helper, a comforter, an encourager and a friend who walks with us every single day and reminds us, hey, no matter what you might see right now, you have an inheritance, a full inheritance. It is unfading, it is imperishable and it is in heavenly places waiting for you. Now healing is our inheritance and it is our inheritance by the will of God revealed to us in Christ Jesus. We obtain it when we are adopted into the family of God by receiving forgiveness for our sins. That is when we have access to every spiritual blessing available in the heavenly places and healing is a part of that. Now I started today saying that we would talk about healing for today and for future generations. Now that doesn't just mean one day when we get to heaven we're future generations and that's when we get the rest of it. But I wanna talk a little bit about future generations. And I want you to bear with me for a minute as we explore this idea of God being a generational God. You see, when God has made promises and covenants with people, and you can look over that in the Bible, He often makes them for more than one generation. Often God's language includes statements like, for you and for your children, or for you and your children and your children's children. Or sometimes God will name the number of generations that a particular promise or covenant is being made for. Even in this scripture we read in Ephesians, we can see God being about more than just the present moment. He's about the long game. That's why God says his plan for the future is to unite all things in Christ. God is always thinking the long game. And it's no different when it comes to healing. 
You see, the healing God works in our lives, works to promote healing for future generations. Now, this is a whole teaching in itself, but I don't want to finish today without mentioning this. How often do you hear about a condition or, or an illness or something being in someone's family line? You know, even within your own family, you might be able to think of something that is, it's expected that one day you might get it, or there's a chance you might just because other people in your family have it. Whether it be cancer, whether it be depression, whether it be diabetes, insert whatever condition it is you're thinking of right now. And we say things like it runs in the family, and that sets a norm or a precedence to accept that that's just the way it kind of is or has to be. But everything that we've just read about Jesus and who he is actually suggests otherwise, actually suggests there is another way and it doesn't have to be that way for our families for generations to come. We actually get to be the generation who makes a change. We get to be the ones who say, I want a different story for my family line. I want to write a story of redemption and of healing and of freedom for generations to come. Now, how do we do this? Well, I believe the way to do this is to bring your need for healing to Jesus. When we bring our need for healing, whether it be a physical need, whether it be a place of, of, of trauma or emotional things going on, or whether it be a spiritual need, maybe you are the first one in your family who perhaps is realizing your need for forgiveness and you are going to receive a spiritual transformation today and that is going to set up a new story for future generations in your family. But whatever it is, we bring our need to Jesus and we receive his healing. We have to allow the process of healing to take place. We talked about how sometimes it's instant and sometimes it takes a bit of time. But when we allow his processes in us, when we get whole and keep getting whole, because once we're whole, there's still work to do to stay whole. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you've thought you're away all of your life and you've lived a certain way, there are now new habits that need to be formed. There's a new way of thinking that needs to be formed within your life and within your being so that you can keep on the road to wholeness. That's why we talk about being transformed in our mind and all of those things because they are part of building healthy lives once God does the work of healing in us. So we can invite the inheritance that we have in Christ to be one we leave for our families for generations to come. Because we get whole, because we do the work to be healthy, because we do the work to allow God to work in us. It's not always easy, but because we open our lives to him and we let him do those things in us, we can write a new story for generations to come. Now, I've gone over this really, really, really quickly, and there's actually a lot more to say. But what is important for you to take from this is that it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You get the chance to write a different story because of the inheritance you have in Christ. You don't have to live in fear of your future or of your children's future or of your grandchildren's future. You have authority in Jesus. Heaven and earth are united in Him and we can write a story of healing for generations to come. You see, they can see a whole and healed parent or a whole and healed grandparent or aunt or uncle because we would dare to believe we would dare to believe that God is able 
And his promise to us is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit that we have inherited every spiritual blessing for us and for generations to come if we choose to claim it, if we choose to apply it. That inheritance becomes alive to us. Now this morning, if that particular part of the message has you know, triggered something for you and you've gone, I think that could be me and I'd like someone to pray with me, you need to remember that our pastors are always here and available. It's a call to the office and we would love to pray with you and help you through any of that. But this morning you have authority because Jesus has given you authority. You have inheritance because Jesus has given you inheritance. And right where you are, all it is is a prayer. All it is is a moment of surrender. All it is is a moment of getting his will on the issue, his perspective on the issue. And we change our lives and the inheritance of future generations. So I want us to remember this morning, healing is our inheritance. It comes to us by the will of the Father and that will is revealed to us in Christ Jesus. His will is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. He wants to give us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and this includes redemption. This includes forgiveness. This includes freedom. And especially for this morning, it includes healing for us and for generations to come. We're just going to pray for a moment and then I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Matt and Anna. But Father, this morning, I thank you that you speak truth to our hearts. I thank you that as your word is revealed to us, it brings truth into our lives. And Lord, you are probably right now in, in the homes where people are watching, God, you are highlighting areas of God where you want to come in with your healing. So we invite you, God. We invite you into our lives to do your healing work. We receive, Jesus, the fullness of all you did at the cross. You bore every sickness upon yourself. You became a curse so that we don't have to live under a curse. You, God, are our healing. By your stripes, we not only are healed, but we were healed. And God, I thank you right now where there might be things that exist down a generational line for those that would choose to say, I believe in who you are and I trust who you are. And I say, Jesus, come and do your healing work. God, for family lines today, we write a new story, a redemption story, a Jesus story that looks like healing, that looks like wholeness, that looks like freedom, that removes all fear. And God sets us up to continue to receive the inheritance you have preordained.